Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is a crowd podcast. Welcome to part two of the best of the George Groves Boxing Club 2023. Now, Deck, the GGBC has gone from strength to strength this year. We've become a massive name in the world of boxing broadcasting. That's mainly because you're on all of the broadcast these days, aren't you? I'm um, doing my and you know, under, you know when it comes up and it's like George Groves underneath, it says like former super middleweight champion of the world. Have you changed it and said, got them to write host of the George Groves Boxing Club podcast yet? Because if you haven't, I think you're missing a trick. Once we win this award, podcaster of the year award, then... I think the tables would have turned because anyone can become world champion these days, you know, by the by. But Don't can you that. win sports broadcasting, podcasting team of the year? No, that takes real dedication, real effort. Um, and votes. Sure, I don't have to dry out for these podcasts, but <laughs> we still got to write a feature, you know? Uh, True. And what the listeners won't know is lots of my feature each week probably get doesn't make the edit because you know some word smashes are a bit too hard for some folk and it's very disappointing but mm. we'll di- we dial back on the uh i digress obviously george loads of people we have people boxers coming to us now managers and stuff which is mental because when we started we were re- reaching out to everyone now people are coming to us being like can you get this person on? Can you get this person on? And the socials have gone ballistic in 2023, George. What are the socials for those who don't yet follow us? If you are yet to follow us, then the socials are at GG Boxing Club. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on TikTok. 
Uh, I think Twitter is Twitter X now. That's a funny old site, isn't it? But TikTok's happening. We were out on the, the Strava shreds. So, uh, Deck, you can search us on Strava, can't you? Uh, get involved. GGBC shreds group, um, which has popped off. The Instagram's gone mental. The video numbers, some of them, like with Big John Fisher, numbers are insane. Yeah. Um, so, fact, but we have had some help, George, in the process of becoming this media behemoth that we have in 2023, haven't we? Because we've got people coming in and telling us tips and tricks from the industry like who yeah so Vidal Riley who has over a million followers on YouTube Barry Jones is he on the socials deck what did he tell us about the socials no he just told us about his life he's a broadcaster oh, isn't he? yeah I suppose that's so Johnny mm. Fisher Junior and your senior they're both on yeah give us a both few tips them. about how to build a fan base and Big John well he's just a viral contender isn't he we, we needed to grow the pod in this year, so we looked at who we could get that can make help us make a splash on the socials, and I think we did. Should we hear from some of those big hitters now? Absolutely. When did the YouTube start? 2018. I got signed to Floyd Mayweather, and then I moved to Vegas, and I was just bored. I was bored. I said, oh, I might as well just make a channel or something. You bored just in to... Las Vegas? Yeah, yeah, I was bored. I okay, was let's, bored. Let's, let's, re, <laughs> let's rewind it. So you, got signed, yeah. so you got signed to Floyd Mayweather. How did yeah. that come about? So I went to Vegas with KSI. Yeah. Because he got invited out there after beating Joe Weller in that first ever yeah. YouTube fight. Um, Floyd Sr. was trying to build his social media. Once they got in touch with JJ, KSI, we went out there. I wasn't supposed to go. I couldn't afford to go. Um, and I said to him, I don't want him to pay for me. And then he was like adamant, like, no, yo, you have to. Like, you're my trainer. You have to come. You have to come. And then my friend was like to me, if you go there, try and get signed or something. Sparred with one of the guys out there. Then they put me in a couple of days later with Andrew Tabiti, who's their best the cruiserweight. I'd done very well in that sparring session. Later on that evening, I was in MGM Grand in the canteen and they were like, we want to sign you, take this contract home, give it some thought. I did, and then I made the decision, you know what, I'm 21 years old, why not, just give it a try. Jeff Mayweather was your coach, mm. what was he like? Very, like, me and Jeff had a very good relationship. He's very laid back, he knows the game. He can watch sparring, watch someone hit the bag and just correct you, you know, because he's been around it for so long. But I'm laid back as well. So now we're in a game that's battle. You can get damaged and we're both too laid back. So there wasn't enough push. You know, you need that fire sometimes when you're laid back to pick you up, push you a bit further. Our personalities gelled really well, which is why we're great friends. But when it comes to fighting, you need that bit of that bit of heat. Also, the size of him as well. You know, being a cruiserweight, sometimes you want to hit the body belt and you want to crack some punches in. You want to hit the pads hard, and I'm just damaging him. So I was like, this, I <laughs> I'm like, I can't, I can't do that. But he, he's someone I plan to fly out here for one of my fights just to bring him to a camp because we genuinely have a great relationship. But it's just you got to know what's working and what's not working if you got that ultimate goal. Was there any part of you that was like nervous about boxing again because of this Absolutely. on the scan? Yes. Or was you just like, boxing is my life. Like, and if there is a problem with the scan, tough shit. I'm still a boxer. No, no, no. Originally it was, no, I couldn't believe it. I was like, well, not me. I didn't take that many punches. I'm moving. I'm a shithouse. You know, like I dance around. I couldn't believe it. You tend to think all the people who fight with their face are going to have brain scan problems. And it's not. We're all built individually. And then it was a worry. What's wrong with me? And they said, oh, you're okay. She's been changing her scan. By the way, I found no third party about my brain scan. 
But anyway, that's I've, how did I, that work then? So well, you, your brain scans the, 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 the board they, first. They, they, no, no, the, the, the board get the results, and then they contacted. Frank Warren was my manager, but Sports Network were my promoters. They contacted them, and they rang my dad. And then my dad told me. <laughs> I don't think that's a quite, no. that doesn't always should go, is it? I don't think. But anyway, I didn't care about all that. I went to see a brain surgeon who was one of the top ones in the country in Oxford. I don't care about boxing. I'm just care about if I'm going to live or die or what's going to happen to me. I don't know. I just, they almost told me anything. Oh, you're okay. You feel the brain scan. That was it. Can't box again. Okay. I didn't give, at first, my initial thing was me, I can't box again. But then within a week, I'm worried about what's happening in my life. And by the way, in my local area, I know those things outside the newspapers, the little wooden box stands with the... What's the, the headline. The headline, the paper, boxer fails brain scan. It's me. It's everywhere. I got people coming at me going, oh, Barry, you know, like, sorry, mate, so you okay? You okay? It's all like something wrong with me. People are, sh- people are shouting at me like that. Are you okay? Fucking yeah, I am okay. And and like that, people saying, oh, listen, I'm, you know, I'm like, sorry about that. And people are hot. Some people are horrible to me. That must have been really difficult mm. to cope with. Oh, it, cha- it changed that. me as a person. I haven't been the same since. Something I haven't really ever got rid of, actually. Like, a, I got like a fuck you attitude. No, I haven't. Like, I'm not like that. But, no, but I have yeah. a little bit of that. I actually probably could have done with that when I was fighting, ironically. Yeah. And it, but I went to see a brain surgeon. He said, I can see what they're looking at. But as far as I'm concerned, you're under no more danger than any other boxer. And also another doctor called Raymond Sell, who was sort of helping out the ball, but he was a local guy and a really lovely guy, and he saved my career. He did loads of research for me, and that's when I was doing all the scans, hydrating, rehydrating, dehydrating, and all these things, the IQ tests. And I went to the boxing ball with all this, all this information to get my license back, and they sort of just shut me down really quickly. They used this theory from Dr. Caselis, which is an autopsy on a, a load of Xboxes from the 1920s, something like that. And they all had this, what I had. But they had other stuff, major stuff, you know, like grey matter was thing, damage, all sort of brain damage, other damage to their brain. And uh, quite a lot of them had this thing. In the sort of mid-80s, the British Medical Association tried to ban boxing. And they used this Dr. Gasellis theory as a gateway to, to, to use the ban boxing. The British Boxing Board got their doctors to rubbish that theory. Then they used that same theory then 10 years later sure, yeah. to try the boxing board to try and tell me this is why you can't box because of this. But I already had the information thanks to the people I, I, I had helping me saying, well, you can't use that because you rubbish that 10 years ago. Otherwise, there's all banned boxing. They wouldn't give my license back. But then again, again, the Raymond Selv went to Frank Warren and I pretty much these people and said, listen, like there's a problem here because no, if Barry can't fight with this, which he should be allowed to, because the MRI scans are new, you're going to see this more often. And that means some of the other fighters are not, are not going to be able to box. Mm. Like your Nazis, potentially, and your, Steve, and your Ben's and your Carl Zaggies and your Eubanks's and all it was. You didn't have Eubank at the time, but I know what happens then. You know, when these big names can't fight because of this, which is not really an issue. And then he got a barrister. Yeah, he left Frank Warren. Paid for a barrister to get my license back and it took him like, took like 15 minutes. But that period was like almost two years of my life. So I went from, I went over to like 23, by the way. And then that's my last fight. I had my last fight at 25 because of that. And I think that's why people are buying into it because we're not trying to be something we're not. We're just being honest and we're just good at conveying that off to people, I think. I think that's why it's been successful. No, people know it's authentic. Yeah. yeah. I think and that's why people, 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 accept, people like, like will it. appreciate yeah. that it, yeah. it, it Otherwise, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't work, I don't think. If no. you're trying to be false people or... People see through it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, your, your accent won't change when we get off, off the off. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, no. Uh, and, I mean, it takes a lot of planning a lot of brains a lot of logistics yeah. so if you want to if you want to send an army up to yorkshire or yeah. manchester or something yeah. 
And I'll tell you what, guys, you come, get your ticket, yeah. you your lunch on the way up there, and yeah. we've got a coach for you yeah. to bring you back home that night. I mean, maybe that happens in rugby circles yeah. and stuff like that where you might you You've might got established clubs and stuff like that and exactly and yeah. people are used to travelling away I mean yeah it's not commonplace in boxing no that. I think that's what it's sort of someone wrote an article I don't know who it was but it was like it's like become like a that club mentality like a football team and you turn up in your t-shirts you've got Ron for ball on the back and they all become part of a it's like a football team going up to Sheffield or Liverpool especially in the current economic climate it's not just your ticket to the fight it's your train ticket it's your travel overnight it's finding food when you're up there it's, it's a few hundred quid each right and people are still turning up to do it. So I can only be thankful for them people that are, that are coming up. Who's your opponent? What's do as an amateur? Well, it could you be could anyone. Choose anyone. I mean, you, we, we've already established you're not a YouTuber well, or think, an influencer, I'll but you might want to fight one of them. If, I, if yeah. I'm an heavyweight, I'm a young heavyweight coming up, um, I'd fight in Ganu. Oh. Reason being, publicity gets you out there, you become a, an instant thing. And in my opinion, if you can box, you can beat him. You know, I know he done really well against Tyson Fury, but I'd rather fight him. I thought he just had an exceptional night and Fury had a really bad night. Mm. So that'd be me in Ghana. Can we call that an official call out? Are you yeah. calling out in Ghana? I'll call him <laughs> you out. You heard it here, I'll call Francis. him out, but only for a chicken ball eating contest. <laughs> yeah. because I've got top respect for Ghana. Yeah, really he was him. unbelievable in that fight, no, wasn't top, he? Johnny's met him a few times and Joe Joyce, we've seen sparring a few times. That's who I'd fight, just mm. to get me out there. Failing, failing that, someone like... Is there someone you don't really like? Uh, yeah, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Matt Hancock. I'd, I'd fight him. I'd fight Matt Hancock. I would, never, I would never disrespect boxing by having a fight. Yeah. Would never disrespect it at all. But I would disrespect it and fight him. <laughs> Can't stand the bloke. He's the man. Yeah, and we've been asked to have him on our sort of podcast, but I said... I don't think I can control myself if yeah. he's in our house. Yeah, it could be, that could be quite yeah, dangerous. I, I wouldn't be able to be nice to him. Yeah. I really wouldn't. I mean, I'd back you against him. I'm not sure about Ngannou, but... No, yeah. would I, would, I wouldn't back myself against <laughs> Ngannou, but I'm just trying to get my name out yeah. there. Who, who are you bringing in for sparring then? So say, I mean, you've got good access to sparring, didn't you? you got your, your son is the, is I would, the I wouldn't spar Johnny because he'd take it too serious and I think he'd want to hurt me. Um, sparring, I think, good sparring partner I've seen. Fabio Wardley, he's terrific. Joe Joyce because he keeps going and uh, someone a bit easy yeah that's pretty tough yeah it's right? pretty tough someone, <laughs> leave someone, it in the gym someone a bit easier uh, Gemma Collins from Tower <laughs> she'd be my final sparring yeah partner. that could be yeah, good yeah, yeah, that'd be, good. Gemma Collins. It'd be irritating though yeah. you'd have to, that'd be mental strength building that would who you had him to get in the ring <laughs> it might be Gemma Collins again but who have you got in mind as a trainer <laughs> who's going to train you up for this fight uh, it'd have to be Mark Tibbs Mark no, Tibbs no yeah. one better than Mark so yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, Mark's got the job. Have a bit of fun along the way as well. Yeah, he'd formulate a good plan, yeah. though, wouldn't he? I reckon he's got a game plan. Game plan for both of them. Matt Hancock. Hancock. Yeah. Matt Hancock, yeah, I don't want to fight in Canada, Matt Hancock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's definitely a call out. Did I was, I was answering though? that as if I was an up and coming. No. Right, yeah, we're talking right now. Yeah. Ready to go. Yeah, yeah. But me personally, yeah. knowing Ganu, Matt Hancock. <laughs> Who's the ref? No, oh. <laughs> Who's the ref? Uh, what about that Patrick Valance, you know, the, the chief medical bloke? Yeah, he'd be helping him though, wouldn't he? Yeah, probably. Yeah, they'd, be, oh, they'd all be in it together. <laughs> he'd be good on cut. Well, let Johnny be the ref because he don't like Hancock either. Yeah, all right, yeah, that sounds good. Johnny be yeah. the ref. <laughs> let Johnny be the ref. Yeah. That'd be a good fight. I mean, it would be a good fight, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't, good is probably the wrong word for it. I mean, it might be a bit one-sided. Do you know what? It might be what I need because I'd get fit for that. <laughs> I know I'd have to get fit for that, although I'm a bit heavier than him. Mm. Most things that are said on this show... They, they happen. 
happen? It's the dream factory. Yeah, well, there you well, go. This could be it. We can get this on. <laughs> yeah. Where would it happen? Yeah. Um, where would, what's the your dream call. venue? Your, your call. Yeah, of course. Has to your, be call. your call. Proper spitting sawdust. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Nice. Proper, proper fans, proper boxing fans. No prawn sandwich brigade. Proper boxing fans, working men, working women. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. But of course, George, it just wouldn't be the club without some legends, with some proper boxing legends. Um, and 2023 was no different, was it? Certainly wasn't, Deck. Right. Remember our first pod road trip at the start of the year when we head up to Manchester to chat to Richard Hatton in his own gym? What a day that was. We got there. We only had Ricky Hatton lined up that day. And then in the car that you drove us all the way there, we messaged Crawler. It's like, Crawler, we're in Manchester. Can you come and do a pod? Yep, no problem. When we get there, Paul Speak, Ricky Hatton's manager, big up Paul Speak, said, what about Scott Quigg? He's back in town. So we got a triple whammy while we were there. But the Ricky Hatton, we could, it was worth the trip alone with, with Ricky. What a... What a story, what a nice guy, what a legend. We did a two-parter with Ricky. That was a, that was such a great day. Yeah, what a gentleman Ricky Atten was. Gave up his time and, uh, you know, really insightful, brilliant stuff. Um, but I still can't get over the bonus that we get Crawler with... I don't know how he didn't make, make it into the running for feature of the year. It should have been feature of the year, which you came up with on the way up there. Yeah, we wrote that on the way in the car, didn't we? Crawler's uh, knowledge... <laughs> of music is incredible um and then also a sort of in-depth you know deep dark dive with with scott quick loved it loved it loved it but none of them george not one of those people you've just mentioned had as many fights as this guy one of the biggest club legends we've ever had Lewis Van Poch yes. Poochie. Poochie. Who was the story of the year last year. And we said, look, we got a company. We need a journeyman episode. Poochie, come, come. But he was busy at that point. But he's since retired. He's now becoming a ref. And he came on this pod. 
it went the the social clips with him went viral i think it's a shout that's one of our best ever episodes our most insightful and sort of informative episodes and that was in 2023 with Pucci. Yeah, it was an awesome episode with Pucci, and it's he answers some questions that the listeners wanted to know and hear um, plus he's just such a relatable guy relatable guy and just the, the stories are hilarious where he's he's in the pub on a Sunday having a beer maybe after a fight and then the phone rings you're fighting Friday <laughs> and he's like okay back in the gym so let's hear a bit from Pucci and of course Ricky Hatton how would you define a journeyman? So a, a journeyman is like an educator. So if you imagine boxing's on a timeline, you'll have George and the other world champions at this end of the timeline. And then you've got someone who's never had a fight in his life. To get up to George Groves level, you've got to tick off a certain amount of boxes on that timeline. So the first box is Southern area level or area title level. To get to that level, you have to get your record to a certain amount and learn the professional ranks and learn how it all works. So that's where the journeymen come in. And that's why when you look at cards a lot of the time, the first, I don't know, three or four or five, there's literally no or very tiny minuscule chance of an upset, but there's a reason to it. And that's the, the development Educa- of education. education. Yeah. yeah. I used to work in, in a barbershop and you know, barbershop chat is what you're doing on the weekend. And most of the time the, the client is going, I'm off to a wedding, I'm off on a stag do, blah, 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 blah. Then they say, oh, what about you? So I've got a boxing match. They go, oh, what's your record? And then I'll say, oh, so I've got to get into this. Yeah. I'll explain what a journeyman is. So oh, I'm a journeyman. So I've lost loads of fights and I've won a couple. So I'll sit there during the haircut and explain what a journeyman is. And they'll go, oh, so it's like underground betting. It's like, mate, you've watched Snatch too many yeah. times. It's not like that, mate. Yeah. But you could explain to you blue in the face to the casual fan or the uneducated boxing fan. And they still have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Did it sort of just happen organically because of the opportunities you had? How did you get there? Yeah, like you said, it happened organically. So it, it sort of happened by accident. I sort of realized I was never going to be a world beater quite early in my career. Um, but then I got a phone call last minute to fight on the road on my third fight. I turned up and absolutely battered the kid and I won the fight. So I was like, why am I running around selling tickets to fight in Gloucester or Bristol when I can just turn up and fight? So then I started going on the road with a bit of ambition, getting on the end of a few wrong decisions. I got an opportunity to fight Curtis Woodhouse on Sky, matchroom show. Um, and I went, this is make or break. So my record was like four and three at the time. So my eighth fight was against Curtis. And I said, I said win that fight, try and make something in my career up and lose. I'll go down the journeyman route and the latter happened and it just, yeah, it just naturally happened. Mm. I think the key bit there that you said is about the ticket selling. Yeah. So like there's the two distinctions. If you're like a prospect, obviously you have to sell tickets and we've been over that before, like with Frank Smith and the money episode and et cetera, et cetera. And obviously if you're selling tickets, you can't box that often because you have to sell these tickets and your mates have to buy them every whatever, three or four months or whatever. But whereas when you're on the road, when you're the away fighter, which is another term for it, mm-hmm. you can just turn up, you can fight week in, week out. And as long as you're not getting stopped, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Like every now and again, the board might say, you need to win a few here. You can't just lose a 200 in a row or whatever. But that distinction between being the home fighter and just being there as your away opponent means that you can do it all the time and therefore probably make, well, definitely make more money than a, prospect, a low earning prospect. The real quiz is I made a name for myself. Yeah. Um, like I said, I was never going to be a world beater. My record was going to be 50-50 no matter which direction I went. Could have maybe got to British title level and that probably would have been my ceiling. But for that to happen... I'd have had to gamble on everything falling into place at the right time because I was never backed by a big promoter. I wasn't particularly well schooled. Whilst I was like, all right, I wasn't particularly well schooled in terms of like 
boxing ability. So I, sat, I, I learned on the job, found a little bit of a niche and found a bit of a way to make, make a name for myself. And, and that's what I did. Mm. What's it like losing then at the start? Because I just imagine that's the hard, the hardest thing is losing. And you got that awkward conversation in the barbershop. Yeah, yeah. Or anyone else saying, yeah. how are you getting on? I'm sure there's been so many times where you showed up at a show and you've either beat the kid and not got a decision because they need to protect the prospect mm -hmm. or you've had to pull this kid around a little bit because yeah. essentially you know you're there to do the job of building this kid further in his career. Was that hard for you at times? Like, or did you get over it pretty quickly? Yeah, I was just crying with my 20 pound notes in the car. <laughs> <laughs> no, no um, yeah. I was, uh, the losing, it was part and parcel. I was quite lucky. We spoke about it off air before. My mate Chris Higgs was um, a pro as I was just about to turn pro. So I was going to the shows to watch him and meeting the Daniel Forbes, the Sid Radax and the D Mitchells and all those sort of guys. And then I figured out how it all worked. And then it, it just, like I said earlier, it just naturally happened that I ended up in the away corner. The losing the fights was never really a problem for me. I knew, I knew my role, I knew what I was doing. I knew what I was there for and I played the game well. Do you think that's why the losing was easier to stomach is because like if, if you lose, especially early on in your career, you're like, fuck, everything's tumbling down. Whereas if you lose in the awake, it's like, well, it doesn't affect anything. As long as I'm not stopped, I'm not getting a suspension here. I could box next week. It doesn't really matter. Although I'm sure you have a very competitive nature naturally, but that feeling of, well, it doesn't really matter if I win or lose here, I'm working. 100%, yeah. So like the way I always looked at it is there's never any pressure on me. I would turn up to fight in Hull, sometimes on my own, sometimes with Richard, who's my manager. Everyone is there to watch the guy I'm fighting against. No one, not one person in that venue probably knows who I am unless they're involved with boxing or a fan of boxing. So I haven't got to make a fight of it. I can turn up and tuck up for four rounds if I wanted to. I could turn up and spark the kid out. But there's no longevity in being a journeyman in that position. If you keep winning fights, you don't get the the phone stops ringing. Is the way the cookie crumbles. If you if you start winning fights, if I start yeah, winning. Who wants a journeyman who, who wins? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But there's never any pressure on me. Like I said, I found the by being the away fighter with no pressure on me. Did you enjoy fighting in Vegas? I loved it. You know, and I think as kids growing up, I think as a footballer, you know, if you if you if you reach a certain level as a footballer, you want to play in the Italian league, you want to play in the Spanish league, you want to play in the Premiership, and boxing is no different. You know, you want to you know box at Madison Square Garden, which you did. You want to box at Atlantic City, which you did. But and you want to box in Las Vegas, because you know through history we still watch them, don't we? You know the the Sugar Ray Leonard's, you know the Marvin Aglers, Tommy Hearns, you know Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, all the greats. I've had the names up in lights on the on the strips, you know, and for me, from the local kid from the council estate, that's to, to first walk down the strip of Las Vegas and see like Celine Dion, you know, Tom Jones, <laughs> Ricky Atten. <laughs> like, what, what's that? <laughs> that me? And it's and it's something that, you know, just seeing it for the first time still sticks with me to to this day, you know, as a fight, we watched the greats of years gone by, aren't we all fighting Vegas? So for me to have my my time there, we took over, we owned the place. That's not me being, you know, not being, you know, arrogant or anything like that. You know, nobody had took fans over, I mean, to Vegas, you know, like me, a British fighter. For that, me and Frank went over, didn't he? And he was my hero, still my hero. But, you know, when you talk about, you know, 20,000, you know, for, for Castillo, 40,000 for Mayweather, 20,000 for Pacquiao. It's, it's, you know, that's why people say to me, what was your greatest ever achievement? You know, yeah, beating Costa Zoo was my me, me greatest win, you know what I mean? And fighting, you know, 
Floyd Mayweather was, you know, to, to you know, as he's arguably one of the best of, of all time. But I think is I think in general, I think it was my fan base. Because you know whether it was at home in the city of Manchester Stadium, sixty thousand. Whether it was forty thousand going over to Vegas, you know, forty thousand didn't go watch England in the World Cup. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Forty thousand to watch me. I had a better fan base than my heroes, the people I aspired to. I can't ask for much better than that. You know, there was individual fights that stuck out and stuff like that. But I think if you were asking for me, it was me, my fan base. It was the people. You know, the, the following just unheard of that Mayweather fight I mean I went over for the Pacquiao fight with Mayweather and um, for atmosphere and, and bodies and you know and fans and stuff like that wasn't even close it was it was something else I wish I could go back in the time machine and just do what my mates did and just sit in the bar fun, yeah. and watch it all because the stories that they told me and that it, you know it's makes me feel proud you know you can see the faces light up when they're, when they're discussing it and they're telling it you know it's really was something else. You wrote a great book, Las Vegas Tales, all about that time. If there's one moment in closing, one moment from that whole sort of era of your life that stands out for you as the, the number one moment, have you got, is that, does anything spring to mind? Um, well, it ended in defeat. The Mayweather, you know, to fight someone like Floyd Mayweather, when, you know, I, I keep going on about the referee. I don't, I don't think he was, I don't think he was great that night, but just the atmosphere, you know, the fans going over, you know, people still come up to me today and go, oh, Ricky, love watching your career. Them trips to Vegas, oh, we used to go with the lads. It was it was brilliant and it makes me feel so proud. And even though it ended in defeat, I think the Mayweather it will always be a highlight. Well, I think the Malinaji fight was a big one for me. I, I've always been, ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be a world champion, support Man City and listen to Oasis. And known and Liam have been my mates for years. And um, I've asked them to carry the belt in, you know, and they've, not, they've, not, they've been busy and sometimes they've been gigging and not been able to do it. But for the Malinaji fight, they were able to carry the belts in. So I'm in the changing rooms warming up and um, Nona and Liam still haven't come in. I'm making my ring walk in about 15 minutes and the next minute door flies over, they both fall in piss, don't they? <laughs> All right. So I give Noel the ring magazine belt and I give Liam the IBO belt and Liam was like, what do I do with this like? So I said, well, you get up there and hold it up in front of Malinaji's face. He went, all right, nice one, sweet. But <laughs> <laughs> they fighting over the belt. They yeah. already won the ring magazine yeah. belt. It no, looks nice. But, but then we got in the ring. I said, hold it up in front of Malinaji's face. Then we got in the ring. And, and no, I got in. No got in. Then Liam got in, come straight past the pair of us and went right up to Malinaji. He goes, what do you think about that, you prick? <laughs> right in front of his face like that. I thought, oh, my God, came out. Came out of here. So, George, that's a wrap for 2023. You can hear my voice is going just as well. We're wrapping it because my voice is on its way out. It's been a big year of talking bollocks, to be honest. Um, what's coming in 2024, George? Frotch goes free. That's on the cards. Of course. The three Pete or Revenge. Yeah, three Pete or Revenge. Uh, Frotch goes free. Uh, the live edition, the live episode. So everyone's heard Frotch come on and talk about knowing it was his last fight on our pod, um, which won. He won guest of the year, didn't he, last year? Let's see if he can... Um, he did. He lost his title this year. Let's see if he can get back to winning ways um, in 2024. So he's going to join us for our live event, which will be on sale really soon. We're going to wait till everyone's um, got over Christmas. Once they're up and running, shredding and saving, then um, they can. it won't be expensive. 
you know, it won't. No, it, it's just going to be a fucking good night. We have a right good night. It's yeah. going to be so much fun. Frotch is always funny. He's always on great form. He's so much better live than he is anywhere else. Uh, I know it because I've done about 400 shows with him. Between me and Frotch, we're just going to take the piss out of you, Deck, all night. You'll be on stage in between us and you're going to get I beasted. I can genuinely imagine it. I can imagine it. You two are like thick as thieves now. You used to knock lumps out of each other. Now you just gang up on me. But anyway, 2022 was the year that we opened the doors. 2023, we opened, we, we stuck the cameras on. 2024, we're going to the people. We're going out there into the big world, wide world and seeing if we sink or swim, aren't we? I can't wait, Deck. We've been waiting. I mean, this is what we've dreamt of back in the arenas, <laughs> back in the arenas. George, there's a few things that, you know, I know it's festive season and, you know, all sort of rules go out the window, but there are a few housekeeping rules that we need to stick to, aren't there, George? Yeah. What What do we still need to do? Right, so we still need everyone to follow us, hit the follow button in the podcast. Hit the follow app. button, baby. So you can listen to us Wednesday mornings, as always, on Apple or Spotify. Um, so if you're out and about, make sure you hit the follow button uh, and listen to us there. And uh, we've got a huge first week of January lined up for us, right? Tell us what, because we're starting 2024 on the front foot. We're marching out. Like you, you're going to throw two right hands at Carl Frotch, right. like you did in Manchester. Uh, Who are those two right hands? We're going to have to have a gross Frotch um, quote every week till the live show. So yeah. People are going to be sick to fucking death of it. Right? No, but we're going to come come out the bat swinging with a big name. we got Josh Warrington out. Oh, Josh oh, Warrington, leads, 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 two-time leads, leads. world champion, um, on the comeback trail. Uh, he talks to us about, you know, building a fan base deck, building a fan base. And, spoiler alert, he wasn't always selling thousands and thousands and thousands of tickets. So if you no. are a young pro wondering, how do I build my fan base? This is the episode for you. If you're a promoter or a manager and you need to know, listen to this. If you're a general sports fan and you want to learn how to get on the journey early doors so that you can brag about seeing Brandon Scott, you know, in his full fight before he fights the world title or seeing some other young prospect, you know, before they go on to fight for world titles, then this is the episode for you, mate. This is the episode you need mm. to be listening to. And also, Deck, mm. another... Yes. Another, another uh, praise to you. I mean, I've got to rein this yeah. in, really. Thank you. But um, no, you've got a Seeing Stars episode out early doors, New Year, and it's none other than Mike Skinner of the streets. <sighs> Has it come to this? Dry your eyes, mate. Dry yeah. your eyes. Yeah, these are, these are tears yeah. of joy. Don't worry. <laughs> Can't wait to hear about Mike Skinner, a former stable mate of Amir Khan. There's a spoiler alert for you, but we'll get to the bottom of that. Um, Mike Skinner's in the club what a first week in January so you need to be following for them to be hitting you in your pocket if you don't like adverts as well George as always Amazon Music yep. is, is your mate love Amazon Music uh, Wednesday's episodes are now on the Boxing News YouTube channel so if you want to watch them that's where you watch them they will come out in the PM we also we also love merch we've got a few bits left after Christmas I mean it was flying off the shelves at Christmas time but I think there's like a couple of bits left in the warehouse uh, if there is a warehouse but there's a link in the description there's also a link on the link tree the tree of links which is on all the social bios so go and check that out hoodies prints hats water bottles and coming in 2024 George I can reveal T-shirts. T-shirts? Because we need some T-shirts for the summer. T-shirt weather in the manor, my friend, as my friend Kano would say. 
it will all be up and ready by the time we're at the live show in May as well. We might even have a couple of unique items up, merched up, <laughs> logoed up. Um, Ed, so head to our socials, GG Boxing Club, uh, to get the links for everything you need. Hit the link tree. Uh, and if you want to listen to our playlist, The Ringwalk on Spotify, that's on there too. So, yeah, you can hear every one of our legends who've been on the show from 2023 pitch their Ringwalk track that we've compilated onto a playlist for you to enjoy. And essentially, you should be using it for your shreds come January. Mm. Next week, Perfect you're back for out. Get on the road, hitting the gym, shreds in your ears. You can't beat it, mate. Can I hit you with my favourite dad joke, George? Hit me with your dad joke. Yeah, of course you can. George, I'll see you next year. You having that? See you next year. That's what you that's what you say to people on New Year's Eve, isn't it? You say see you next year and it's hilarious because oh. next year is actually only overnight. Right, Forget love it. it. See you next see you next year, George. <laughs> see you next year, Tech. What happens when you eat aluminium foil? Go on. You sheet metal. <laughs> That's pretty good. Dad joke, yeah. <laughs> Fuck's sake, that is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs>